Hi there. I just wanted to issue a quick apology for the terrible sound quality on this upcoming episode of Chicks and Dicks. Totally my fault, and we should have the problem fixed by our next recording. Thanks for listening. We're glad you're here. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Shelly. And this and is... This is- Chicks and Dicks. That's way too low. I mean, I'm normally an alto, but that's pretty hard. Do you do that thing when you try to speak in a low voice, you kind of like dip your chin down? Oh, absolutely. Because somehow that makes you think that does it though? I don't know. Probably not. I'm not a vocal expert. I'm gonna go with no. All right. Well. Yeah. Science will prove me wrong wrong later, so that's fine. Okay. Uh (laughs) Wait and see. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So this was your pick this week. (laughs) I guess so. Okay. So for this week, we have three short stories for you. Mm-hmm. Aren't you lucky? Uh, <laughs> yeah, very. <laughs> All by the author, Chuck Tingle. And if you haven't heard of Chuck Tingle, I encourage you <laughs> Which to, I hadn't. To, to Google him. And you will come to learn very quickly that he is extremely prolific. Yes. I don't know how many stories this guy has. But I, a lot. I don't know, but either way, like... I. I have to say, out of out of all the books we've read, like he's he's actually not that bad at writing short stories. No, no, not. I mean, they have, <laughs> for the most part, a clear beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, and they're fairly explicit and fine. Like they're it's... extremely explicit, but just his. I mean, he's pretty pretty good with language. Mm-hmm. Um, minimal amount of typos. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, and, and then at the same time, he's he's presenting ideas and, and kind of, like, depth to his short stories. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it uh, in a moment, but I, I just, to, to suggest he knows what he's talking about is a weird thing to say in the context of these stories. <laughs> I know. And when I mean depth, I don't mean, like, the depth of an anus either. I mean, like, depth actually has <laughs> it, like, he knows what he's talking about. Because Amos, well, come on, you have to give me some credit in the sense that he does talk about a lot of buttholes. Yeah, I mean, this is gay erotic fantasy, and this is my first foray into this genre, to be fair. Uh, We haven't done any gay erotica yet? No, we we have not. Oh, I thought we, oh, maybe not. I don't even know what we've read. I, I don't think we have, and I'm pretty sure this is the first. Okay, so how about I tell you how I came across Chuck Tingle? <laughs> tell us. Okay, so I'm at a D&D game. Oh, 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 oh well, this is a great beginning. <laughs> and uh, Chris, he spends a lot of the game just looking at his phone or his tablet. Uh, and he subscribes to Humble Bundle. Mm-hmm. In in the Humble Bundle, not too long ago, depending on um, what donation level you're at, you got some Chuck Tingle books in the bundle. And so he was just looking through this. He bursts out laughing and then shows it to the rest of us. And the book 
one of the books in the bundle was pounded in the butt by my own butt. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would say Andrew Tarkey is out of it. Like his titles are are pretty amazeballs. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, y'all had a big laugh about this. And it turns out that our DM, I think, had heard of Chuck Tingle before. So <laughs> then the game kind of devolved into just us looking up book titles for a while. Right. Okay. <laughs> and I decided we've got to read some of this because it sounds hilarious. And that's the story of how why we're now talking about Chuck Tingle. Right, gotcha. Yep. Uh, so any anything you wanna share before we get into this? Um No, I I, I mean I am quite impressed with generally like how these books are written i mean like as we've said before i was i my first foray into erotica fiction they're short um and to to be fair to our listeners we did do two of these on audio yeah they're not the easiest sometimes to download in canada no they yeah this is a bit of a problem these books are widely available in the states so if you're uh in the u.s and you have an amazon account I mean, you can you can buy them all. They're three bucks each. In Canada, only some are available as audiobooks. Yeah. So we did, and I have to say, the narrator was um, generally pretty good. I don't I don't have any problems with it, but it was just. <laughs> but I think reading it is actually better than the audio. It's well, and there's some discussion as to whether listening to an audiobook is the same as reading a book because I think it does engage the brain in the same way. Um, but when you listen, you are subject to that person's tone and inflections and I guess interpretation in a sense of the text. And when you read it on your own, you have your own way of, um, I guess, approaching, approaching the text. So I don't know. I mean, it's I mean, it's hilarious to just sit there and listen to somebody actually read this out loud. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I if I if I feel but I, strongly one way or the other. I think, but to the availability of these books, we should notify readers that depending on where you are in the world, they might be more or less accessible than you would think. That's true. Yes, which is frustrating. I feel like everybody should be able to enjoy in the Tingleverse. So. Yeah, the Tingleverse I think is I think, I think it's worth I like I think it's worth it to explore. Like Absolutely. even like just a, a brief foray of one or two novellas I think it's definitely worth it cuz I actually I really like enjoyed it. It was entertaining. It was. Yeah. Yeah, a lot more enjoyable than some of the other stuff we've read. So okay. So we read three today and um what is it? Big Bigfoot butts on the eighth tasting? Is that it? I Big, no, our first our first book this evening, yeah. our first story is Bigfoot Sommelier butt tasting. Thank you. It's, it's so, so hard, hard to get, get the, the order. get all the words in the right yeah. order. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I have a little synopsis here. Oh, oh do you? Thank you. Nick is the most girl crazy dude in his frat. But when him and his bros head up to Napa Valley for a quiet weekend, Nick quickly realizes that his chances of scoring a chick are next to nothing. Nick's disappointment soon turns into a powerful gay attraction when he meets a dashing Bigfoot sommelier, Turbo Gulgot, who invites him back for an after-hour sampling. 
Little does Nick realize it's the hot. It's not the wine that Torbo will be tasting, but Nick's hot bro ass. <laughs> uh, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> that is what happens in this story. It's exactly. It's exactly what happens. <laughs> I think. I, th- I think the most interesting thing is, like, at the first, there's, like, this disdain of the main character, and then afterwards he realizes that there might be some benefit. I, I like the open-mindedness of his friends who realize that uh, Nick, at-, at the beginning, really doesn't want to be there, and then later on are totally supportive of the fact that, you know, he's met someone. Well, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Okay. A little bit. True. So, okay. so the story opens. Nick and his friends are driving up to Napa, and Nick very clearly doesn't, doesn't, want, to be there. doesn't want to be there. He'd much rather be in Vegas, um, where you can, just, you can pull chicks all day long and all night long in Las Vegas. But these dudes want to go to Napa, uh, and when they get there, they re- like Nick. I guess sort of points out that like everybody there is over sixty or something along those lines. Yeah. Well, no, no, he's like they're the youngest people there by six generations. By six, six decades. Six generations. Six decades. Generations. You know what I'm talking about. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but. So he he leaves the the SUV to go taste some wine, and <laughs> the, the, the man leading the wine tasting is a it's not a man. It's not a man. It's a Bigfoot. The Bigfoot leading the, the Bigfoot wine tasting really is in fact a Bigfoot, which his name is Torbo. Torbo, um, and Nick is instantly attracted to him. Yeah. And they find that they're attracted to each other instantaneously. There's a, there's a chemistry right there, off the Yeah, right away there's chemistry. Um, and then, like, their fingers touch briefly, and that's, like, I guess for Nick just sort of, like, solidifies in him, I am deeply attracted to this creature. Yeah, well, no, from the very beginning, he feels he has a heart on. Oh, that's right, just upon seeing Upon the seeing the Bigfoot. Big yes. Yeah, it's the most it, uh, attractive specimen. <laughs> He's ever seen. <laughs> and it's sort of weird because he's like he make he takes pains to mention that he is the straightest dude around. But for whatever reason, he's totally hot for Bigfoot. Mm. And I, I like how it doesn't get in the way. Like there's no he's not at war with himself. Because when Bigfoot invites him back for a private tasting at 11 o'clock that night, he's like, yeah, I'm there. Totally. Mm. There's no, uh, there's no questioning of what this like whether or not he should go. Uh, he just agrees. Yes, I will meet you later tonight for what will not be a wine tasting. Yeah, and he's stupid to think that it will be a wine tasting. To be perfectly yeah. honest, I'm like, well, also he's like, have and the the quote is I think is like, have you ever been tasted? <laughs> And then he's like, oh, I'm just going to go for some Sauvignon Blanc. It's fine. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, let's think about that. Like, you were confused for a second with what he actually meant, and then you're, like, convincing yourself otherwise, but you're so excited to go see Torbo tonight. So much so that when you go back to the car, your friends are like, I totally get it that you want to stay here, um, even though our reservation has been fucked up and we're going to go home. But you just stay, and you do your own thing, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I don't understand how come his friends didn't taste any wine. 
they just went straight to their mm-hmm. hotel realized everything been fucked up and then they're just gonna turn around and drive back to the city like you know, I honestly, I don't I honestly think yeah, exactly well I think that also well the whole thing was that they were at they were supposed to be staying at the vineyard I think that was the whole thing yeah. right so I mean the reservation got fucked up so they decided to go home but yeah no I agree with you it's a little bit weird um like why wouldn't you at especially least especially if there's a friggin' Bigfoot pouring wine at the tasting know, right? bar <laughs> well I mean, apparently that's a regular thing in the Napa Valley it's fine <laughs> And like I, I will have to confirm with some people whether Bigfoots have been there or not. I don't know. <laughs> um, but but I'll be sure if I ever go to Napa to ask if to there's ask a if there's a Bigfoot sommelier on the premises. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then having Corvo, I understand if they use an alias just to protect his identity. Well, sure. and, yeah. Exactly. Anyway, so uh, the tasting itself. Um, he uh, he tries the wine and then he gets asked back at eleven o'clock. He finds out that he can stay there for the night. Uh, Nick does, and he comes back and he's waiting in trepidation and indecision. Um, I would say trepidation. I, he's not I, scared, but he's also, but he's he's waiting and also in anticipation. He's excited, yeah, but he's also a little nervous. Yeah, but that's not. I wouldn't. I don't think trepidation is the right word here. All right. Well. You can be the wordsmith. I'll just fucking. I am the wordsmith. Fine. We've <laughs> established this. Yeah, that's fine. You can you can say well, I think he's a little trepidatious, but whatever. That's interpretation. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Bigfoot shows up, and they go into the tasting room, and says. And wait, wait, wait! wait. But, but Nick finds out there's no wines there to taste. Yes, and then Bigfoot says to Nick. Have you ever considered being the one who is tasted? Yes. So, which will completely be in line with what he said earlier. <laughs> which I'm not understood. Like, I'm not sure why everybody's confused. There's what no confusion. Going. It's right there no, in the like, title. Bigfoot sommelier. Like, why, why Nick is confused. The fact that he's like, oh, I, I didn't expect this. But he's like, have you ever considered being tasted? And then later on, he's like, oh, I didn't know I was being tasted. Like, he's like, what could you possibly mean? But if I were if I were in Nick's shoes and someone said that to me, have you ever considered being tasted? I would immediately assume blowjob. Yeah, like, like so, if, rim it, from, even from a straight perspective, if some dude would be like, Have you ever been tasted? I'd be like, Either slap him in the face, and be, or depending if I like them, be like, Hey, let's go back to my room. Like, be like you totally let's taste know each other. Yeah. yeah, let's let's go. Yeah, <laughs> but like, as I said, it's usually blowjob, not rim job in these no. situations. In my <laughs> experience, that's not. In your gay man experience, not being either one of those. <laughs> yeah. These are also, you have to, like, for our listeners out there, we are two straight women. Two straight women reading gay porn. Re- discussing gay erotica. So you have to take that into account. Yes, it's true. So you, that is one of those things where we are not familiar. Like, perhaps within the culture of gay erotica, there is this presumption that it's going to be an ass tasing that is something we do not know yeah however in our straight experience this would be something that we would understand as being tasted so i would expect no wine 
However, I would have expected a blowjob, not an ass tasting, yeah. in which case we should probably go on the next part of this. Okay, so <laughs> moving on. So Bigfoot tastes Nick's ass. Yes. <laughs> and gives him, like... Uh, I don't think we should define him as, as Bigfoot. I think that's a little unfair in general. Is that, in general well, he isn't Bigfoot. No... I know, just... I think we should call him Torbo. Okay, and, Torbo. <laughs> ravages Nick's butthole. Yes, he does. <laughs> uh, with his tongue. Yes. And Nick thoroughly enjoys it. He's like, I've never been gay before, but now I'm a fucking gay Bigfoot fan. Yeah. Or, yes. Um, or gay for this particular Bigfoot. We never really get to explore whether Nick is now gay for all Bigfoots. Or just or gay in general, or whatever. Gay in general, or just, it's just, Torbo just does it for him. Yeah. Um, so, basically, uh, the... The butt tasting turns into just like this full-on sexual encounter, and there is a lot of butt fucking that takes mm. place, <laughs> a lot of deep throating that takes place. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut to a year later. Yeah, but here's the thing. Okay, so just before we cut to a year later, I would like to say that the sex out of all of the sex we've read, it makes the most sense. So, like, a lot of the sex we read is, like, a hand here and then a hand there, and then all of a sudden, like, eight octopus hands comes out or, like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, Are you reading? No, what you saying? There's been no hentai on no, this reading you, list. No, like, some of the books that we've read, it's all of a sudden, it's like, how did you get from this position to this position? Or, like, how did one hand end up here? And, like, you know what I mean? There's no flow to the sex. Whereas with this novel like a very clear image of what's yeah, going on exactly and there's no confusion about what happens and how it's happening it's pretty like it's very erotic to be fair and it's very well written it's extremely clear it um it has definitely uh like the vocabulary has variance so you don't get bored it's, i have a little excerpt here oh okay okay even so this is uh, this is, I think, Nick's first sexual encounter with Torbo. Even though it was just minutes before, my life of chasing women seems like it's an entire decade behind me. Now that I've tasted the succulent flavor of gay bigfoot desire, the thought of anything else, especially human women, seems laughably insufficient. That was good writing. <laughs> it <is> good writing. <laughs> like, I have, I have to say, like, throughout the Chalk Tingle universe, there's one thing I can't complain about is the writing. And especially from the erotica point of view, when he gets into a sex scene, like, it's, it's well written. Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't, he's not coy about anything. It's all no. right there on the page mm-hmm. uh, for you to experience and either enjoy or not. Yeah. And, Really, like from the perspective of uh, like you're never bored. He he definitely switches it up, literally and figuratively. <laughs> yes, all, all the time. Like I, I actually thought this was like one of the better ones we've actually read. Like it's not up. It's not my cup of tea. I mean, I'm not a gay dude liking this stuff, but at the same time, I can I can see why this finds a niche. Absolutely, yeah. Like yeah, from, it is very erotic. Yeah, it's erotic, but it's also, like, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, even if it's not your type of thing, like, you can kind of just enjoy it from an entertainment perspective, because it is... 100%. Yeah, well written. Yeah. So anyway, so 
Yeah, yeah as, as you were saying, saying a year later. So, so they have mind-blowing sex. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the story jumps forward a year. Nick and Torbo have opened their own vineyard. Yeah, yep, as they do. And Nick's buddies have arrived for a visit. And they haven't seen each other in a year. Since his, since his friends left yeah. him at the vineyard a year ago, they have not been in... They haven't seen... I, I, mean, I assume they've been in touch, but they haven't seen each other. No. So... <laughs> like, and it makes me wonder also, like, what made them have that much money so that they could just open their own vineyard all of a sudden? Well, maybe Torbo's got all the money. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, they could be, like, a trust fund baby. He could have... Yeah. Right? He's or, like a dude bro. If you were living in San Francisco, you never know. He could be, like, a tattoo or something. To a, no, he belongs to a frat. All I right. assume he has money because he's a frat boy. Mm. All right, you can do that. I, I don't know how that works in the States. You haven't seen a movie? No. <laughs> that involved a frat? Well, Revenge of the Nerds, but that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> well, imagine there. What was the name of the the jock frat? Alpha, or isn't it Alpha, 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 or something like that? I don't know. I don't remember. Well, imagine Nick is one of those guys. All right, all right, all right. I get it, I get it, I get it. Anyway. So they they go a year later, despite my ignorance of United States fraternities, it's fine. Um, they end up opening their vineyard and then they invite a whole bunch of buddies up for guys weekend of wine tasting. Yeah. Which sounds wonderful until Nick, of course, turns the tables on his friends and he's like, Oh, but it won't be wine that's being tasted this weekend. Oh and and, and then he's like, We have a whole bunch of big feet here. Yeah, so, like, Nick has invited Torbo's friends to join him and his buddies this weekend, assuming that his buddies are going to be down with an ass-tasting. Yeah, Yeah. like a Bigfoot ass-tasting. And that's what I don't understand, is, like, why assume that all your buddies and all Bigfeet are going to be gay? (laughs) Well, maybe they are in this, in the Tingleverse, we don't know. But I just think it's awfully presumptuous of Nick. (laughs) Like, what also, makes you think that your friends are going to be down for this? Maybe they're it, not attracted to Bigfoots like you are. And honestly, like, from a female perspective, I was also like, oh, I guess, I guess females aren't worth anything that they around. Like, maybe all men are attracted to gay big feet. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, I'm feeling a little left out. Like, what's, what's left for us? <laughs> maybe we're also gay for female big feet. That's a good question. Chuck Tingle, I would like to address you on this matter. (laughs) If you have something to say, you can write us. (laughs) CNDpod at gmail.com. Please do. Chuck Tingle, I would love to interview you. I really would. (laughs) And that's really the end of the story. Yes. Well, see, all the stories end quite abruptly because they have this build up and it's, and it's, to be fair, that's what. I, I think, think that's what we're here for, yeah. right? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like <laughs> I don't want, I want, I don't want to hear about your ten million kids eight million years later. It's fine. Yeah. So, um, what, what is our second book that we have here, or novella? I guess it was a novella, really. No, these are they're short stories. They're not long enough to be novellas. All right, short stories. Sorry. Okay, so our our second story this evening is Schrodinger's butt. Right. I picked this one especially for you. I know. I know you did. Well, <laughs> I like astrophysics and time travel. That is a hobby of mine. Um, this is about time travel. Or well, astrophysics. I know, for that theoretical, theoretical physics anyway. Theoretical and, physics. Yeah, I agree. So, 
when I read this, uh, or actually should I say when I heard it, I, I, I giggled my way through it. Like, I, I did not know, I didn't even look at the cover until afterwards, so I didn't even know where it was going. Um, if you look at the covers of Chuck Tingle's books, you'll know kind of where they're going. And it is very much in the fantastical realm. <laughs> well, they all, I mean, of course, they all are. Um, but yeah, the cover, uh, not to suggest that the cover gives away the end of the book, but having said that, I now just ruined the end of the story. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. look at the cover. But, okay, let me synopsize, because I have a but, synopsis. But, but, now we can't say but without any <laughs> But. All right, so, a veteran scientific test subject, Chom Bullock has managed to carve out a living for himself in the lab, but when he spots an offer for a $5 million trial, Chom is not sure what to make of it. The danger typically mirrors the pay, but this money is good enough that Chom is willing to take his chances. Soon enough, Chom is learning that he has the perfect median butthole, a complete anal average of all mankind, and is perfect for this high-profile study. But when the mysterious and handsome scientist Dr. Arper Schrodinger puts Chom's butt in a box... Things take a turn for the strange. Now Chom is traveling through a Tingleverse Tesseract, pounded by every quantum superposition of his own past and future, in an attempt to answer Schrodinger's haunting question, is the butt in the box gay, straight, or both at the same time? Is that what Chuck Tingle wrote as his own synopsis? I don't know if he wrote... I don't know. I don't know. It's a pretty brilliant synopsis. <laughs> well, it's a pretty brilliant story, because it does perfectly yeah. encapsulate... Schrodinger's, uh, not a theory, I don't know what to call it. Schrodinger's box. Schrodinger's box, yeah. Yeah. Um, If you don't know what Schrodinger's box is, go look it up. I'm not gonna... (laughs) It's not hard to explain. (laughs) It's just... Schrodinger's box is essentially, if you put something in a box and you cannot see it, it does not exist and it does exist. At the same time. At the same time, until you take it out or prove that it does not or does. until you observe it. It's the idea that observation changes what you're observing. Exactly. So it's not not a hard thing to actually explain, as we just did in three (laughs) seasons. But still, anyway. It's like, so the the theory that Schrodinger used was a cat. So if you put a cat in a box, is it alive or dead? Well, you don't know until you observe the cat. So what happens is this dude decides to go for this, like, I think it's $5 million. It's a $5 million trial. Yeah, for, for one scientific experiment. And they're looking for one dude. And they don't exactly know why, but all these guys kind of, like, go through this trial. And he's the last one left or whatever. And they ask him to drop his drawers. And he does. And he basically finds out that he has the perfect, average, perfectly average asshole. It's neither gain or straight. (laughs) No, it's just, it's not, it's not about gayness or straightness. It's just perfectly sized. Yeah, it's perfectly sized. And so they're like, okay, now back up to this box we have here. Stick your butt inside this box. Yeah. So he does so. And then the doctor's like, is your butt gay or straight? And he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And, and the fact, so, and the funny thing is, is that this is where it goes kind of, like, meta. <laughs> oh, it goes very meta. Because yeah. what he does with this story is that the doctor then introduces, like, this green glowing liquid, mm-hmm. which is then placed inside of the box. And suddenly now, 
Chom, he is, he is every Chom and every possible, possible universe. permutation of the universe. So he's, he's in the, so he's sort of outside of the Tingleverse now with his ass inside of his box and he can see infinite Choms. And the, and the scientist explains, well, we don't know if you're gay or straight because we're all characters within a book. Within a book. <laughs> and, and until the author tells us if we're gay or straight, we will never know. So this experiment is to define what the Tingleverse is and how you are within it, and hence Schrodinger's box. And then Chom speaks directly to the author. Yes. <laughs> Who in this sense is God. So, yeah. <laughs> Chom talks to God, and there's this conversation about who he His is, ass. what he is, and how he defines himself, and about oh, agency, all because, like, and it and comes down all... to agency. And does Chom yeah. have any agency because, or because he's just this guy's creation? So, mm-hmm. what does that mean for Chom? And it's really, it's like so much. It was very fucking. It's it's really like it brings down to fate. It brings down to like there are so many discussions that you actually have philosophically about. <laughs> I was like when I was reading, I was like, "This is," or listening to, it, I was like, "This is actually very intelligent." <laughs> this is a really great story. Yeah, if, if I, I would ever, ever explain to someone what Schrodinger's box was, like this would actually be a very good example. Why and also, like, yeah, and then also like questions about agency and fate and manifest, like, well, just like just generally how people perceive themselves. It's it was a, it was a very interesting thing. And then he finds out that he's gay because the green vial starts fucking him up the ass. Well, he and, he no, it's he's so he's like in the Tingleverse. Seeing all of these, like the single verses, I think it is. Um, yeah, we're seeing all of these infinite realities and possible realities for himself, and he can't handle it anymore. So he, like, I think he yells to his creator to observe him, mm-hmm. and then all of the realities like come crashing together, and he's being fucked up the ass <laughs> back inside of the. Um, and the lab, but the lab is like the the scientist that was originally studying him is now a dinosaur. Doctor Arper Schrodinger is a dinosaur in this reality. Yeah. And then they find out, and he's like, "Oh, I've, I feel like I've loved you my whole life." And he's like, "You have. We've been married for thirty years or something." <laughs> so he ends up, and he's like, "Oh, I've just been in another universe." Where we've always been married. So, hey. Yeah, he's that's, like, oh, okay, that's great. Happy, I feel... Happy times. I'm he myself. feels the love inside yeah. of him now for this dinosaur. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah, and, and that is him. That's the end of the book. That's the end of the story. So, twice now, we've had two men find love at the end of their story. Yeah. No, I have to say, the one thing about Jack Tingle so far is that they're always happy endings, quite literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but like, there's there's a lot of blowing loads, a lot of jizz, a lot of ass, ass, ass expanding, uh, and also a lot of ass is expanding and virginal pleasure. Yes. Yeah, it's there's a lot of virgins being discovered here. Well, I mean, 
gay virgins, I suppose. Yes. Virgins. Or, or no, men who have like, not had. Men who have not discovered their gay sexuality and yeah, not understanding that they are gay and the um, beautiful and um, pleasurable experience it's a it is. Fulfilling experience. Yeah, absolutely. It's like yeah. there's nothing to be feared in this. It's all very natural and kind. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So um, that's. <laughs> That's Schrodinger's butt, which I have to say, out of all of them, like, that's fucking, like, that is, it was brilliant. I was reading it, or listening to it, I was like, wow, this is, this is really good. This is really good. But yeah, like, just, like, from a sexual point of view, I was like, well written, whatever, but I was like, wow, like, I don't even think I could come up with this concept. Like, I know all about Schrodinger's cat, and, like, I'm sitting there going, like, <laughs> this is so something I would pass on to someone else just to teach them. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, if I ever had to teach Schrodinger's theory or Schrodinger's cat, yeah. I would love to make them read this book, but then I would get fired because <laughs> yeah, 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 it's a little yeah. inappropriate. Yeah, a little inappropriate. <laughs> All right, so the next one that we read was fake news, real boners. <laughs> from the other two yeah but it's still on the same themes generally so what's your summary because i have a summary as well okay i have okay so here's my synopsis well the synopsis on goodreads right or fake news real boners tubo loves the news and after years of searching he's finally found a voice that he can trust with buttbart.com after a heated conversation with an old friend, Tubo is compelled to drop in on his favorite butt bar commentator and get to the bottom of some serious allegations. Soon, Tubo discovers that not only is Butt Bart a fake news site, but his favorite writer is actually a handsome unicorn named Yurno. Together, the two of them quickly discover that the news may be fake, but their boners are real. Oh, you know what my, you know what my synopsis for the story was? What? A unicorn selling fake news for the Russian fucks an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you get that? No, I just made no, that that's up. What you made up. That's my personal <laughs> synopsis. That's so good. Wow. Am I not, am I not wrong? Dead on. <laughs> I read this while waiting in the doctor's office. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? I know. Tablets are amazing. We couldn't do this. We could not do this this show without tablets. I'm just gonna say thank you, tablets. Um, I have to say, so like the names on in these stories just like there's like Nick, and then there's this, and it's like Yerno and Tubor, and like um. And, but I have to say, like, this book was clever about its opinion on fake news and blogs. Mm-hmm. Like, like Schrodinger has its theories, and then uh, some, you know, butt tasting has, like, some, like, actually, like, valid butt tasting notes. Like, <laughs> it's just funny. But like, it's, it's clever. Like, each book is clever. And so, like, with the names, I'm always like, is it just coming with names, or was it, like, can you read them backwards? Or I thought, I'm like, is this not? I thought the same thing too that maybe he's having fun. Good, like buttbart.com. Okay, that's yeah. like very clearly Breitbart. But I'm like, you know, like, or, like, like Yorno. 
Like, I mean, I, I guess I like, does he mean horny? Because orny or whatever is backwards or orny. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm like, like, I think I'm reading too much into it. I think they're so. just ridiculous names. Yeah. Because they're ridiculous stories. So. Mm. <laughs> so this one is the shortest, I think, of all of them. Yeah, it took me about five minutes to read, maybe. Yeah. Um, so this guy, Tubo, yeah, he loves, he's like, just loves to read buttbart.com, and in particular this uh, woman, one Jessica. The, the, and the one thing I have to say that I like about the beginning of this is that you get the feeling that he used to read a lot of different opinions, and now he's only reading this one woman's opinion, yeah, because he truly believes that she is a savior and very she's good. She's the truth, so... Yeah. Yeah, his sort of field of vision narrowed and narrowed and narrowed until he was just sort of laser focused on this yeah. one woman, Jessica, and whatever she had to say. And I thought this was a very poignant and very well written part within like only a few pages. Well, yeah, because he's sitting in a coffee shop and he runs into a friend of his. Uh, and I guess the the issue of Butt Bart comes up, and his friend's like, oh, that's a fake news site. That's all bullshit. And he gets yeah. really offended. Yeah. So she's like, he, like, severs his friendship with this guy. Yeah. Essentially. And he's like, well, Jessica just moved to town, so why don't you just go find her and, like, figure it out, like, learn for yourself. Like, figure hmm. If you don't believe me, that's fine. But you now have an opportunity to know for sure. Yeah. No. It's, it's like, like well, well, she moved in the area, go see her. Yeah, so he does. And it turns out Jessica is a unicorn. Well, first of all, he goes to the, the, the house and he's surprised because it's very modest. And then he goes to the door and this old woman opens the door and then he goes downstairs where this woman is and then he's like, he's like, and the best part is like, what gave me away that I'm not the Jessica online? And he's like, because you have a mane and a horn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're a big unicorn and then they really gave the fact the way the fact that it is a male unicorn until later to be fair well you have to yeah. assume it's a male unicorn it's called fake news real boners hey, well, no, but it, and all see, the others are it's all like his whole oeuvre is I know, I know. gay fiction so. yeah I, I agree but at the same time be like boners like who knows like maybe you could like with unicorns you don't fucking know like maybe like he fucks his whole lot you know like he could be having a whole bunch of boners and that doesn't make sense to it like you know I do not I do not oh, so Chom is he has I will not, boners like whatever Rachel, the other Rachel I will not put Chuck Dingle in a box I will not what about his butt would you put his butt in a box I would not put his butt in a box. We all know where that leaves. And that's the Tingleverse. And that's very It's a dinosaur butt. We don't know where that goes. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, so, Tubo, I can't remember these names. Tubo meets Yurno. Uh, and he's like, I not. I guess he's surprised to discover that Jessica is a male unicorn. Yes. And Yurno's like, let's take a walk. And they go for a walk around the I lake. Don't know. So this, this is where I was like, and we trotted around the lake, and I was like, trotted. I have so, so okay. So, like, so. Picture for this unicorn. So, exactly. And that's, and this is the problem that I have, because I was like, 
So Euro later has hands, but they're trying. And I'm like, people can trot, so maybe he's like has a unicorn head and he trots. Like I don't know, but it's very confusing. And this was the only time where I was like, okay, Chuck Tangle, could you explain the unicorn a little more? Because I don't know if it's got hooves or whatever, but I assume because it jumps in the lake with you later and you're looking at each other, that's basically a man with a unicorn head. That's what I am. Yeah, I think it's an anthropomorphized. Unicorn, because he's got hands to type. He can't type yeah. with hooves, and it's described yeah. as hands, but he has hooves for feet. So I imagine maybe something like a satyr. Yeah, I agree with which you. Which is yes. like half and half, right? Yeah, not not a centaur, but a satyr. A satyr, but with a unicorn, like it's got, but he's got a horse head. Yeah. So, but he's got man, like a torso-ish man. Yeah. Like, Bipedal. Yeah. But I, by the way, it took a little bit of a stretch of my own imagination. I have to say, Chuck, you could have been a little bit better on on describing this one. Just, yeah, because the other, because the others, great. I had no problem understanding what I was reading. Yeah, I could have done a little bit more with the unicorn. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I totally agree. I mean, we got a great description of his penis, but mm-hmm. little else to go on. Yeah. Now we're on the same page on that. Okay. Like quite <laughs> literally and figuratively. <laughs> So they go for a walk, and what do they talk about? They talk about the news. worldviews and the news, yeah. And then the unicorn's like, I hate writing for the Russians. <laughs> I hate doing this. And, like, I feel like, you know, it's great. It makes money. And he's like, why do you write for the Russians? And she's like, well, yeah. Or he is like, yeah, it fucking pays the bills. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, at first it was just kind of a thing, and now it just became, like, more about the money. And then, and then they fuck. And then um, Yermo is like, oh, I guess I shouldn't write fake news anymore. Yeah, and there's no, like, in the other ones, there was, like, kind of a build-up to the sex. And in this yeah. one, he's sort of like, no. they have this heart-to-heart, and they they embrace in a hug. And then they and fuck. And then they <laughs> fuck. And it's just, oh, okay, okay, just like that. All right, then. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's, it's, a, it's a very fast-paced affair because i think what is it he's like he like he hugs the unicorn and then he's like overcome with desire and he's like i really want your dick in my mouth yeah and then just goes down on the unicorn and the unicorn's like that's nice now let me stick my dick up your butt and then they and then the unicorn throws him playfully in the water and and he feels like he's reborn which i thought was very christian (laughs) yes they are baptized in the lake. Exactly. It's like, I am reborn within the waters of this pure lake. Yeah. We are both reborn. I will tell no lies. You will tell no lies. It was very weirdly Christian. Yeah. Except it's, you know, gay unicorn love, which is beautiful. Yeah. And could be Christian. I mean, I'm not going to. Right? What do we know? I don't know. Shit or religion. <laughs> so, fine. No. So, of the three, I guess. The as I said, the shortest of the three, and I get maybe perhaps the least well developed as well. Yes, yes agreed. Of the three, so but, which one maybe your... one of the best titles? Which yeah, I agree. Which one was your favorite? Um, I don't, I might go with Schrodinger's butt. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed Bigfoot Summerly butt tasting. You were there for that, yeah. Um, but I guess just in terms of the. The the story being told and the ideas at work, I guess I'm going to go with Schrodinger's butt because there's so much going on. 
I'm going to go with Schrodinger's butt as well, but I'm going to say it also not even from the cleverness perspective. I think just from the sex perspective, it was really well done. Like, I found that the sex in the sommelier story was very much more flowing and there was more detail to it. I thought it was grosser. Well, I mean, it depends on what you're, I think, I don't know about gross being the word that I would use because it's not my spielio. I can't judge grossness. It's a matter of taste. That's that's what I'm saying. You can actually make a personal judgment on how gross something is. Yeah, I guess so. But I I didn't think it was like really gross. It wasn't just wasn't my thing. Like I was not turned on or I was really turned on. Flowing out of his ass. It didn't gross you out just a little bit. No, not really. No, I thought it was kind of gross. No, I was just kind of like sitting there going like, all right, do what you got to do. <laughs> I don't know. But like, I was just like, if that's, if that's your thing, like go for it. I don't know. I, I found that Schrodinger's butt though, like at the end, there was a, I guess there was more tenderness to the story at the end too, which I, I thought was nice. Like, hey, we've been married for 30 years. And he was like, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I like Schrodinger's butt as well, but from the intellectual perspective, but also from the tenderness perspective. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Any final thoughts? Hot or not? Hot. You thought it was hot? I thought it, yeah. I'm going to come down on the side of hot. And hilarious. I'm going to come down on the side of probably hot as well. Like, it's, it's not my thing, and I didn't get turned on, most definitely. It's not like I was like, ooh, I should have some alone time. But, like, I thought that this was, like, extremely well-written. If this is your thing, and this is your niche, it was fucking good. And it was well-written, and it was well-described. The sex was was good. Yeah. For sure. Um, but from what, what type of, I don't know, criticisms do you have? Uh... <laughs> constructive criticism yeah uh hmm i don't i that's a tough one because they're all very like with the exception of fake news real boners there is like a complete story being told mm-hmm. in both bigfoot simile butt tasting and schrodinger's butt mm-hmm. um so any any criticisms i have i guess are going to be directed towards fake news real boners Mm-hmm. Simply, it's just not not a full story. I just had a sense there's wasn't fleshed out. Not, not fleshed out. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm not yeah. the only one who thinks this way. There is one review for it on Goodreads. Oh, nice. That simply states: workman like tingler, lacking Chuck's normal manic zeal. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. So, not, not his best work. work. Not his best work. No, I've only read Enter- three, but we know that it's not. His yeah, because the other two are better. <laughs> <laughs> I have the feeling that he really he pounds these out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Thank you. Um, in the sense that he he writes quickly, and again, if you so if you read through his titles, you find they're all very topical, or not all of them, but a lot of them are very topical. Mm. Um. So, I like if Chuck Tangle ever listens to this, please get in touch with us because I would love to interview you. Because I think he, I think he, I like I have this vision of him being pretty erudite, and 
very gay. <laughs> well, here, there's, there's a little about Chuck Tingle here. Oh, okay. Okay, so, Dr. Chuck Tingle is an erotic author and Taekwondo grandmaster, almost black belt, from Billings, Montana. After receiving his PhD at DeVry University in holistic <laughs> massage, Chuck found himself fascinated by all things sensual, leading to his creation of The Tingler, a story so blissfully erotic that it cannot be experienced without eliciting a sharp tingle down the spine. Oh. There you go. PhD all right. from DeVry. <laughs> I have a feeling none of that is true. Um... <laughs> All right. I don't. I. I, I don't even know where to end this one. Okay, we'll just end it with that. All right. So <laughs> recommendation. I. If you're into this thing, I definitely think you should check it out. Oh, you don't even need to be into it because, like, we're not into graphic male erotica, but we enjoyed these reads. They were fun. So yeah, they were way better than some of the other shows. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So yeah, I'm gonna recommend yeah. everybody try out some Chuck Tingle. Yeah, I I agree. So far, so far, so good. Yeah, go for it, Chuck. And, I, and honestly, I mean, of all the things we've read, I think this is the most positive review we've had. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think this so this might be some of the best stuff yet for us. Yeah. Like, just in the sense of it, it accomplishes its goal, it's there for what it is, and it doesn't preside or presume to be anything else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, way to go, Chuck. <laughs> <clears throat> I've been Rachel. I've been Shelly. Uh, and this has been Chicks and Dicks, so it, stay sexy. Yeah, totally. And find yourself some dinosaurs and unicorns. Like, really, that, that shit seems hot. <laughs>